Welcome, Ben, to the Full Circle podcast, Finding Your Way Home. How are you? I'm really good, thank you. Really excited <laughs> to be here. Um, great to see you. Mm -hmm. and yeah, just excited for the conversation. Yeah, me too. I've been really looking forward to having this conversation with you. Um, so welcome, yeah, to the show. So I thought what might be quite good, because we are talking about dropping the mask, mm -hmm. Uh, which I'm very excited to get into, and I can certainly relate to some of the concepts I think behind this. But before we do that, why don't we, uh, yeah, why don't you introduce yourself and just tell us a little bit more about what you're currently doing at the sure. moment, uh, just so that our listeners can get to know you a little bit. Yeah, so I'm Ben, to fight for key. Um, I am a diversity and inclusion consultant um, and a coach. So I work with organizations on creating safe spaces, that celebrates difference um, and creates cultures of inclusivity. Um, and a lot of the work I do is really focusing on leadership behaviors. So where the coaching comes in is working with leaders on helping them identify who they are as, as executives, as, as managers, and, and helping them to kind of trace back their stories to how they've become who they are in mm -hmm. leadership um, with the view that they then can advocate for themselves better um, and other people as well. So my background is, is predominantly in the HR and talent yep. space. Mm -hmm. um, and I've been working in the DNI um, side of things for the last sort of five years or so. Mm -hmm. yeah. Amazing. So look, let's get into this and mm. thank you for sharing that. And we'll find out at the end where people can get hold of you and, and, and kind of find more about you. Um, but let's talk about dropping the mask because mm -hmm. it's, it's hopefully the question mark is what do we mean by dropping the mask? So I don't know, where do you want to start with that? And you can share some thoughts yeah. with us. So I guess I can probably share a bit of my own personal journey in this yeah, um, and some of the reflections I've had over the last um, the last three years, especially mm -hmm. I think think since the pandemic and kind of finding ourselves in a situation that was completely unexpected and uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. um, really my my work that I do now is kind of an extension of the work I've done on myself in self-discovery and, and kind of reflecting back on my life and, and how I've got to where I am now in my sort of 40th year, going, what's made me who I am? Mm -hmm. What gets in the way of me being my true self and being authentically me? Yeah. And kind of bridging the gap between that. Um, I've, I've found a lot of, and in my own experience and with leaders, there's a, um, a barrier that goes up um, in people having the opportunity in the space to actually reflect back on mm. what they've gone through in their lives yeah. and celebrating that rather than saying, actually, I need to hide who that, that part of me, part of my identity, yeah. um, and helping them to what I call belong in their purpose and then yeah. belong in their power. So actually, how can they translate that into a strength and actually celebrate who mm. they are? Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And I think as we see generational changes and, you know, especially Generation Z coming into the workplace yeah. who are much more led by purpose, I think leaders really have an opportunity to lean into that more. And, yeah. But yeah, it is kind of how do we undo the conditioning, I think, that a yeah. lot of us have experienced. Sure. Now, you mentioned there a moment ago that actually the work that you do now is kind of a reflection of your own journey. Yeah. So so take me back then a few years. So sure. obviously COVID hit. Mm -hmm. What happened to you? So I was working in... Um, in a talent role um, within a, a, a quite a large organization. And we found ourselves in a situation where we had, to, as many organizations did, had to respond in a way that, that supported their people, mm -hmm. but equally um, helped the business survive. Yep. 
Um, during that time, 2020, we um, had the murder of George Floyd, mm -hmm. which really gave organisations a, a, a moment of reflection to say, actually, we're not doing enough to help yeah. underrepresented talent and in particular people of colour. And for me personally, it made me take a real look at myself and actually go... I know so little about this conversation. Mm -hmm. I don't know where to start in helping. Um, and I didn't do enough at the time to really kind of step out and and support those that were going through this particularly mm -hmm. um, traumatic experience mm -hmm. and, and triggering experience. Um, what that then led to for me was to go, actually, how do I as, a, um, as an underrepresented yeah. identity as well, mm -hmm. I'm a gay man, I have um, ADHD and autism. So a few things that make up my identity. How, how have I been misrepresented in the workplace? What barriers have I faced? Um, and how have they stopped me being authentically who I am? Mm, mm. So it was kind of the moment of me to go, actually, I wanna do something with this and find my purpose. Um, and then I did like a couple of years down the road, I turned 40 in January and I, I had my birth chart read. Yeah. Um, one of the things it did say was at this point in my life, I'm going to go through this journey and actually realise that my purpose here is to help others um, and remove barriers and really celebrate, um, especially underrepresented talent to to remove some of the systemic barriers um, mm. that went along the way. So so it was a, it was a very reflective moment. Um, yeah. I am a very self-reflective person anyway. So it was really a journey of spirituality, I would say, that I started yeah. in 2020. Um, unpacking who I am and why I am mm -hmm. and almost these situations when I know I'm not showing up as myself. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, masking, conditioning, all of that. Sure. Yeah. And it's interesting though, the masking and the conditioning, having, you know, had to I felt like I've need I mean I'm not underrepresented but certainly masking who you know playing those conditioned roles for many many years in my own um younger years you know I know that it's very difficult but tell me a little bit about for you because obviously you know when did you you know how how did you work with this when you was younger yeah. into and did you wear a mask <sighs> Unintentionally, yes. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think back as a gay man, especially being born in the early 1980s, when there it, it was it's illegal in in, mm -hmm. in many ways. Yeah. Um, you know, I came out when I was 21 in 2006. Um, civil partnerships has been made legal. We weren't yeah. quite at marriages yet. Mm -hmm. um, in the 1980s, you know, we had the AIDS crisis so there was a huge stigma around um being gay and, and the lack of um support that our community mm -hmm. got you know people were essentially allowed to die yeah um and then in gosh the late 80s we had section 28 come in in the uk which was the legislation that the government put in that meant that it was illegal to promote and talk about homosexuality in mm -hmm. schools especially so there was no representation of what being gay meant when I was growing up, you know, it wasn't until 2003 when that was repealed. So I was yeah. 20. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. I'd gone through my entire kind of childhood and, and teenage years with even the word gay being used as a slur. Yeah. Um, so having to then hide that side of myself when I didn't even understand it myself, I, I 
couldn't articulate what it meant. I was still yeah. figuring out and accepting what that meant yeah. um, for me and anyone. Um, so that kind of led me to to creating this barrier and this kind of facade that mm. that led that I hadn't quite realised I put up. I guess yeah. you know there were things that happened at school that you know used used to get laughed at for the way I walked or. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I remember one instance where I was asked to walk down a corridor, turn back, look at my heel, like lift my leg up and look at my heel and how I did it would mm -hmm. to show whether I was gay or straight, mm -hmm. you know, so all of that kind of stuff yeah. made me shift how I behaved and, mm -hmm. and kind of protected myself. And I say at that point, were you trying to, were you keeping that low key? Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. I was terrified because, yeah. you know, it was such a negative um connotation that people mm -hmm. had with it yeah. that i was scared of yeah. what that meant and yeah. by this point i hadn't even you know experienced the lgbt community absolutely um you know it wasn't until i met someone and came to accept that in myself that i was able to actually say you know what this is who i am yeah um and through experiencing the community itself it gave me that opportunity to actually go you know what this this feels safe for me now yeah yeah. Um, even though there are still challenges in the community itself. Absolutely. Because just as you're talking there, it just kind of struck me, just like with some of my friends who are gay and, 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 so, and a lot of my clients, actually. You know, when, when we've talked about that's just in, in a personal context or even with clients before, you know, they've said that actually, and I don't know what, so we'd love to hear your thoughts on this mm. and what your experience was, but how difficult it is in terms of just even getting the courage to say the words out loud yeah. is really, really hard. Yeah. But then actually not knowing how people are going to react or respond. Mm. And then sometimes being brutally disappointed and mm. hurt mm. by the responses that you get. And I, I don't know what it was like for you. Can you, do you feel comfortable sharing? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, was, it was really mixed, I have to say. You know, if, if I think of my family, it had never really been a conversation. Yeah. Um, my grandmother, who we were incredibly close, um, you know, who'd always said that it was a choice. Um, and, you know, we're talking about a different generation, yes, right? Yes, like, a whole they, different they mindset, isn't it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So, you know, from that side, I was incredibly nervous. You know, I remember when I came out to her, I wrote a letter to her and kind of came out in the letter because I just didn't feel comfortable having that conversation over the phone. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and I kind of waited and counted the days when she'd get the letter and then when she would have read it. And then I got the phone call and I was at work, so I couldn't answer. And she just, just left me the most amazing sort of voicemail to say, I thank you so much. I will support you no matter what, which was really refreshing. Um, the journey itself was terrifying. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'd met someone, um, we had started dating and a lot of it was hidden behind closed sort mm -hmm. of doors and curtains for me. I was really like, yeah. I'm not, you know, I can't be caught kind of thing. Um, but I remember the moment that I kind of, I was driving to work one day and I was like, you know, I can't keep doing this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Not just for me, but for this other person. Yeah. Um, and the moment that I accepted that in myself gave me the courage to then yeah. talk to people about mm -hmm. it. And, and how I did it was different. I, you know, I, I, kind of led my mum to her own conclusion with it. Um, my sister and my, I don't even think I told my brother. I think my sister told my brother because I asked her to. Um, I had to have some drinks and I was yeah. out in Soho. I was like, guess where I am again? <laughs> la, la, la. Um, friends, I think I sent a group email. Mm -hmm. Some of them were like, 
shocked couldn't believe it yeah others were like ah oh, that makes sense yeah yeah mm -hmm. um but even i think just even the fact of saying the words was yeah. you know was that massive weight off my shoulder mm -hmm. because i'd i'd realized that actually the weight of it was having a huge impact on my relationships and mm -hmm. i was horrible to some of the people in my life because i was going through this journey myself yeah. um which i really feel guilty for um, but I know where that came from. It was because yeah. I was going through this kind of challenging yes. conflict. Well, I would imagine it's, it's quite a painful process as well, though. It's not, and, mm. and I think when, when in the past, especially when you're hiding, I don't know for you, but certainly when I think when I've worked with other people who've been hiding away or, or wearing those masks, you, th there's usually some sort of shame or something attached yeah. behind the scenes that is not seen but then does actually show up in your behavior and how you interact and the yeah. relationships that you have. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Because you're holding so much in. Yeah. Um, and it, I think, you know, that creates this weight and this tension, I think, mm -hmm. in your body that you need to release. And I definitely needed to release it. Yeah. For sure. So obviously you've been on a huge journey already mm. with yourself at this point. So yeah. early 20s into 30s and mm -hmm. so forth and, and owning it more. Yeah. Um, when was that stage when you thought, yeah, actually, I'm I'm good with who I am? Have you got to that point yet? I'm getting there. Getting there. Yeah. I would say probably in the last six months, especially, um, it's been a it's probably been the most the biggest period of growth I would say right. through what I've been doing. But I, I do think that through. The journey I went through in 2020 yeah. and onwards mm -hmm. um, has probably helped me to go, actually, I'm not, there's nothing wrong with me. Yeah. Um, I just need probably more support in other areas. And actually, I need to go on a slightly different journey and help others understand yeah. what that means for me. Mm -hmm. um, but I think con it's been a constant journey and I think it will be ongoing for a little while, really. Yeah. Um, to really understand who I am and... It might be a lifelong journey. I yeah. think sometimes it can be, can't it? I mean, I yeah. certainly think mine is still a lifelong journey. But I, th I think what's interesting, though, is is obviously there was this point in time, like you said, COVID hit. Mm. All, mm. You, you're obviously triggered and stimulated by what had happened. And so I'm keen to understand if you're happy to talk about this kind mm. of, you know, the the ma so I suppose there's two things, really. I'm kind of keen to understand the mask that you was wearing. What mm. was that? What was that doing for you, first of all? Um, it was protecting me. Right. And it probably opened doors that I think now probably wouldn't have been closed, but a perception of who I was that maybe would have reduced the risk of any discrimination mm -hmm. or blockers to get in my I guess get my career going and yeah. kind of decisions that were made. So I think when at the time it was it was that. Um and probably hiding the fact that I didn't actually really know who I was. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of a safety net for me to go, oh, this is who I can play this role, I can yeah. fit in here, I can, you know, do that. But the that the disservice of actually me going, I don't think you actually have a clue who you are. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um so yeah, I think the one hand safety yep you know i think especially for people of my age and our generation it's it's probably a journey a lot of us have, are going on at the moment yeah yeah um so. mm -hmm. but it definitely had i think in the workplace 
the it had a purpose yeah um that makes sense but it wasn't until i guess i was then surrounded by um members of the community and accepted mm-hmm. and felt heard and i was able and safe to actually share my viewpoint in a way that yeah. felt authentic yeah that i could actually start kind of dropping it because it feels to me tell me if i'm wrong but it feels like a big part of this journey is around acceptance yeah so acceptance of others for you but i i'm, I'm kind of wondering around your acceptance of you how how's that showed up i know when i'm being true to myself mm-hmm. i think when i when i'm accepting and trusting myself i think trust for me is a big yeah. big area of growth that i'm still working on mm-hmm. um i think when i can trust who i am and what i feel that's when i feel that sense of acceptance in mm-hmm. my identity um being vulnerable is a huge part of the work that i do to help others be vulnerable mm-hmm. um and i think in order to do that you need to accept mm-hmm. Firstly, that you can be who you are, yep. but equally that there's probably going to be some response to that. Mm. Um, so I think there's an acceptance of me, but then also an acceptance of others and how they might react. Yeah. Mm. And actually not being able to maybe control that oh, in, in, in many oh, yeah, ways. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. I think learning what to know. Yeah. Knowing what to control and what you can't. Yeah. Yeah. So when you sat in, in COVID in those times and you started to reflect upon all of this, what were the kind of questions that were coming up for you? What's got in my way? Right. What barriers have prevented me from making an impact? Mm-hmm. Um, what what could have been different in my life if this wasn't the case? Mm-hmm. Um, but what can I now do to try and... Yeah. He went with the word fix then, which isn't the right word, um, but to almost combat the conditioning mm. and actually acknowledge it and say, right, thank you, you've served me. You were there for a reason, but I don't need you anymore. And actually then moving into more of a, right, how can I now work towards becoming more authentically who I am? Yeah. So could we sh- could you share a little bit more around the conditioning in terms of mm. then s- how that showed up for you? Because I think we yeah. all, you know, it's interesting because I think we all mm. are conditioned mm. because we're brought into the world and we're, you know, we're, our families share their values, their belief systems, their everything really. They, yeah. they do condition us in many ways. And then we also then play to the stereotypical roles and labels that might get attached to us and so forth. And, and I can see how that showed up for you in your younger years. Mm-hmm. And I know mm-hmm. how it showed up for me, but for our listeners and, and, and watchers who maybe are just at the start of their journey, how, how would you describe, uh, 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 you know, uh, the, the conditioning? I guess if I think back to being younger and some of the experience I had at school, it, is you're almost playing a character. Right. You're playing a version of yourself that isn't who you really are. Mm. And I think when I went through it so young, I then went through those formative years without the opportunity to actually experience and discover who I was because I was constantly having to kind of play a part that yeah. I think mm-hmm. was almost, I thought people expected me to play rather right. than the part yeah. I think mm-hmm. I could play. Yeah. Um, you know, in the workplace, it's little things like you talk about your boyfriend and, oh, I didn't know you were gay. I'm like, okay, 
what, what, I don't know what you expect a gay, yeah. mm-hmm. gay LGBT mm-hmm. whoever person to be mm-hmm. um, but you kind of learn to just go yeah 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 mm-hmm. or you don't say the word boyfriend you know I've had to really con- uncondition myself to say, say partner. yeah <laughs> you know you say partner my partner my partner mm-hmm. now I say my boyfriend yeah um, because you it's again that fear of judgment mm-hmm. I think um how I potentially um, presented myself in meetings, Um, you know, how I sound, you know, when I listen back to my voice, it's sometimes a bit like, oh, you know, does that sound too camp or, you know, how do I come across? And I do worry that I've almost conditioned myself to speak in a certain way. Mm -hmm. Um, Potentially the friendships I've formed as well. You know, I don't have a, a big LGBT community of friends around me the ones i do have are incredibly important to me and mm-hmm. are people that i trust um you know even within the community and i think it's something we don't talk about enough there's still so much um discrimination and and harassment and segregation especially mm-hmm. between the different identities um so it's not always felt like a safe space for me so i've almost conditioned myself to not put myself in those situations and those those environments because i haven't felt safe mm-hmm. um so I guess it shows up in different ways. It's how I catch myself in those moments to actually go, actually, I'm not going to respond like that mm-hmm. because that wouldn't be true to who I am. Mm. Yeah. And that's quite a skill in itself though, mm-hmm. isn't it? That that being able to like pause mm. rather than go with the the reaction and actually have a response instead, yeah. I think is is quite interesting. So how have you how have you integrated that into your your way of being now i suppose because you're talking you've said quite a few times about being you know true to you and so how how have you trained your brain your brain in a way to 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 pause and to to not go go down that expected route but into the the true route the real you voice it's definitely been one of the hardest things for me um and even with my adhd i think as well it's been quite challenging um I would say, you know, from the time that I've known you and the work we've done together, that's really been a huge transformation to me. And actually to be able to listen to my body more and have a language that helps me articulate how I'm feeling. Um, Meditation now is a huge part. I always meditated, but it was a noise in the background. It wasn't an actual like practice, you know, so now that's an integral part of my life. Yoga as well. Never tried that before. I'm getting more flexible. Um, So we're we're getting there. but it's it's i think really trying to learn to breathe mm-hmm. but what is hard is when there's a trigger or there is an emotional response I, you know i had a situation this morning that, that I've, i did find quite triggering and actually i didn't react in the way that i would probably would like would have liked to would have liked to yeah, yeah. so so what, how, what you don't need to share the experience mm. but but how did you react then i overreacted mm-hmm. firstly i led probably with a bit too much force of my viewpoint Mm -hmm. and I didn't necessarily think of the person on the receiving end of that um when I then took a pause to breath the conversation after that was a completely different conversation Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um I'm glad I had the conversation that experience because it's led to a a, you know a positive move forward in in this situation but at the time I could have handled it differently. Yeah. Um, and I think for me, that's the that's the piece that I still am working on is actually knowing when some 
in my body when something's about to happen Mm -hmm. and make a commitment to myself to actually go stop i should have gone out for my meditation at that point before that phone call happened Mm. um but i didn't but also i suppose it's life right because i think i'm a firm believer that life likes to test us out every now Mm -hmm. and again oh yeah and put circumstances and situations in our way that really does challenge and stretch us and and can lead to a trigger yeah um and i think it's i I think for me it's also uh, the way that i look at it is another good way to to learn because without these moments Mm. we can't continue to check in and, and reflect to make sure that we're still on track with how we would like to be and how we want to show up in the world. So I think it's, but, but, but it is interesting, isn't it? So I suppose when we think about some of the things that you're talking about, that, that, that pause and that reflect just for a moment, that kind of pause and to, to check in with yourself, even if it's just for a nanosecond, mm. seems like that's quite an important tip to share. Definitely. Yeah. It's something that's works for you anyway. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Mm-hmm. I do think there is a balance of, authenticity within that and actually how you can use your voice authentically Mm -hmm. and i you know i I do think you need to be and i need to be mindful of actually if i'm feeling a certain way and i'm valid in that feeling i'm absolutely sharing that Mm -hmm. and i do think if i overthink things i'm then not being authentic you know i'm now learning to if i have a feeling if someone asks me a question just to say what comes to my head rather than I know when I'm not being authentic. Trying to process it exactly. and make it kind of more factored or, exactly. yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. What does someone want me to say? Yeah. And I think with the conditioning and that masking again, especially in my corporate experience, when you're working with an organization who has a specific tone of voice mm-hmm. or a specific way of speaking, all these layers come in that mean that actually that's not authentically who I am. Yeah. And I wouldn't use that word or I wouldn't say it like this. And I, a lot of the work I do now is helping organisations to really empower their people to to speak in a way that is true to them mm. um, and to help leaders to understand how they can help create that environment for their yeah. teams to do that. Amazing. Yeah. So, so thinking about that kind of true to yourself, because it feels like that's actually spilling into and, and kind of moving into the work mm. that you do now mm. and, and that you're offering um, to other organizations. So I'm really conscious around that, that statement, though, because I know I use it quite a lot and I know other people brand it around. But that true to yourself, if I was to, well, I'm going to ask you, yeah. <laughs> what, what does it actually mean to you? And, and mm. how would you describe that? I would say it's, it's that trust piece again for me. Yeah. It's listening to where something's coming up Mm -hmm. and getting it out. Yeah. And almost letting go of the outcome of that. Mm -hmm. You know, I have experienced times when I've said things again, because I feel like that's what I should be saying, but I'm like, I didn't mean to say that. And actually, if I'd have been really true to myself in that, conversation as hard as that conversation may have been whether it's feedback for a friend or someone said something inappropriate or whatever it might be i know that i am doing what's right for me mm-hmm. or someone else if i'm witnessing something that someone else is going through yeah um so yeah i think really trusting because i know what happens i walk away and then i think about it i'm like oh i should have done that i should have said this and that's when i sort of get up in my head again yeah. So how has being true to yourself then helped with your own emotional, mental well-being? It almost gives me a confidence Mm -hmm. and a, I can't blame anyone. 
you know, I, I can blame myself, mm-hmm. but it helps me move away from the impact potentially because I know that I've actually spoken my truth. Yeah. Um, I would, you know, never do anything that's harmful or hurtful to someone. So I am mindful of what I say, but if it's a viewpoint that I feel strongly about, if I'm given that safe space to share it, sure. I'm com- I'm confident and comfortable. I can walk away going, you know what? I've done everything I can in that yeah. situation. And I would imagine, you know, having been through a different journey, but, but kind of talking about some of the same topics that, for me, it felt very liberating, very freeing to not have to answer or to be or to do things just because somebody else has an expectation of you yeah. or to whatever. And so therefore, you know, you know, to be quiet or to not have an opinion or, you know, not to be challenging to other people. Um, and I think it's quite interesting because we don't often give ourselves that permission mm. And then they could, so, so I think, so I think it's, I think it's amazing that you're on this journey and, and this is where you're going with it and this is where you're going to continue to move forward. Um, but I know other people are going to think, man, that sounds like hard work. I ain't mm. going to, I'm <laughs> definitely not going to go down that road. So mm. I'm wondering for those listeners that may be a bit skeptical or think, bloody hell, this is really hard work. You know, what advice you would give them? You know, is it worth it? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It's exhausting, though, because you are putting yourself in situations of vulnerability. Yeah. Um, and regardless of whether it's work or life, I think you need to feel safe enough to do that. Yeah. Um, so I always say, look, if, if it doesn't feel like a safe environment, then think about whether it is the yeah. right space to share openly yeah. about things. But if you do feel safe, trust yourself, you know, listen to what your intuition is telling you. Um, so I think that is the biggest advice I would say Mm. is trust, you know, really trust your gut, um, maybe go through a journey of discovery on what that means and actually how it shows up. You know, I didn't until recently have a realer language to actually say, I know this is my gut telling me something or my intuition. Mm -hmm. Um, but equally you do have to be mindful, I think of, of, of who you're trusting with your, with your voice, um, and your with your vulnerability, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I would completely agree with that. So in terms of now the work that you do then, how are you bringing this into the workplace from a DNI perspective? Mm. And what, what's your vision for that in terms of, you know, how you can take it forward? Yeah, it's a really interesting, um, I think, line of work. And it's evolved so much in the time I've been doing it. Um, and I think I'm seeing now a lot of organisations taking real stock of where they are and actually what they're doing. Um, I do a lot around building communities. Mm-hmm. You know, I've done a lot within the LGBT space. Um, and it really has allowed me to, to create safe spaces for people to be vulnerable themselves. Um, and equally for me to help leaders on that path mm-hmm. of understanding the impact that they have. I think the evolution of the space that I'm in is really around that behavioral transformation and how can we help leaders on that path and and, and advocate, like I said, for themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's an action that we need to do more of. I think we are all taking a bit of a reflective moment to go, what have we actually done? Yeah. And where are we going? Mm-hmm. Um, and what works for us, I think, as well. Mm-hmm. I think helping businesses to really understand what their people need um, and how do you create that culture and that environment yeah. where someone can walk in and go, I feel seen, I feel heard, 
I can bring myself to work um, in a way that actually then and now allows them to to be themselves. Um, but I do think that there is a lot of work to be done with with leadership around helping them understand who they are yeah. and what they've gone through. Yeah, it's very exposing. Mm. Um, it can be very emotional. It can really, you know, you can relive trauma. You can relive, exactly. yeah, mm -hmm. this conditioning, and yeah. So it, you have to do it in a way that that gives them the control and but yeah. empowers them um, to feel supported and, and trust and trusted. You yeah. know, trusting me, but also trusting themselves. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've been doing quite a lot of work actually around um, trauma informed. Mm kind of conversations and and trauma-informed coaching actually and I think just what you've said really resonated there with me around actually the need to really understand the impact whatever experience whether it's big t little t trauma yeah. you know the impact that that's had on you and then to be able to integrate the learning mm -hmm. or the awareness mm. into them because obviously we're not the person that we once was. So whenever the, the, the scenario or the conditioning or whatever it might have been, that's the trigger point. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we, we can't go, we can go back and reflect, but, but we're experiencing it different because we've, mm. we're, we're now in a different place in our lives. But I think what we often forget is that actually that learning and that awareness, that kind of whatever it might have been, is so critical to that healing process Absolutely. that if you don't integrate it, then it's really difficult to heal 100%. and to really, truly move on from it. Yeah. And it feels from what you're describing that you have been on and you still are uh, on a healing journey in many respects. Mm, Would mm. that be fair to Absolutely. say? Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that awareness piece is critical for that yeah. and being self-aware enough to know when something is happening for you. Mm. Um, you know, and I've, 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 had previous diagnoses for complex post-traumatic stress and I know right. now how that manifests in me so mm -hmm. I'm much more able to be aware of when I know something's about to happen yeah and the treatment that that's that I've needed to kind of go through that and that's a huge journey in uh, itself yeah. though right mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. on top of ADHD and and mm -hmm. everything else that you've shared today and so so for you when you think about your well-being because I, I I know that that's you said that you're starting to do a bit of yoga and yeah, meditation yeah. and things like that but what what other components do you think sits within your own kind of self-care criteria your mm -hmm. maybe your non-negotiables my non-negotiables are a walk mm -hmm. um ideally every morning. If I start early in the day, then I'll, you know, I'll, I'll go for a walk this afternoon. Yeah. Um, but that for me getting out in nature, that was another thing that really became an essential part of my, mm -hmm. my survival, I guess is the right word in yep. lockdown. Um, so getting out with nature, um, even for my brain, the way it works yep. to get out and about and move helps me come up with my, um, my ideas, my, I do a lot of work on walks as well as listening to yep. kind of, um, the sounds of nature and really engaging in a mindful way. Um, I spend a lot of time learning from others. So, you know, yourself and um, other podcasts. I read a lot um, and really just being patient with myself, I mm. think, and giving myself the space. I'm an introvert by, you know, personality testing. So, yeah. And I hadn't realized that until recently. I'd always thought I was an extrovert. Again, conditioning, I thought what an extrovert looked like was this. And I had to be in this part of the line when we were grading ourselves kind of thing. I now know I'm an introvert. Mm -hmm. So having that time on my own and being able to actually sit back and go, I need to just yeah. be quiet for a bit. 
Um, I had quite a full on day yesterday, so I actually spent some time just sitting outside, mm-hmm. um, listening to some jazz music and just mm-hmm. kind of taking a bit of a pause. So it feels, and I know we shouldn't have to always give ourselves permission, but it feels that you're, you, those kind of these introductions of these things that you know really work mm. for you and, and actually not being, um, or making excuses for not doing that, actually making the time yeah, and giving yourself the time to do it. Yeah, yeah. And there's definitely, I think, work to be done for me on that as well. Right. I know when I haven't done it. Right. Mm-hmm. I can feel how I am. Mm-hmm. I respond differently to things. Yeah. Like it, I have the evidence now to show how it works. Sometimes I just need to actually hold myself accountable for that. Mm. Go like this. Like I was on the way here, and I I actually put a reminder in my diary. Yeah. For this time every morning, I am meditating. Yeah. Um, because it, it's very easy for me just to kind of go, you know, I'll, I'll do it later. I'll yeah. do it later. And yeah. then by the afternoon, I'm like, no. No. It's in, it's it's funny. Um, as you know, you know, I I teach yoga, and I spent some time in India this year, and one of the biggest learnings that I took away from that is that you know. Uh, discipline leads to liberation mm. and and it feels and I do the same I put I put meditation in my diary even though I know I'm getting up at the same time I still put it in and I put my yoga on my exercise so it's always diarized yeah um and and that just means I just don't have to think about it because that routine or that ritual or that approach to the things that I want to have in my morning and my evening routines then it's there and it's I don't really have to think about it, as yeah. I said. And, yeah. and I think it does make a big difference. And I think also it makes, for me anyway, and share from your perspective, but it means that I'm committed. Mm. Mm. And Absolutely. I'm making that appointment with myself. Yeah. And somebody else who's been chatting on this podcast this season said very something's very similar, that I'm making that appointment with myself and that's really important. Yeah. I think account this accountability piece mm-hmm. is huge, even in the work I do within yeah. DNI, holding, you know, helping leaders and businesses to hold themselves accountable. Um, one of the things that I find, I have a Peloton at home, which was another, um, it's amazing, (laughs) life changing. It it was life changing through COVID. It has to be said. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That was a COVID purchase for me. And one of the things that motivates me (laughs) is I can't skip a day. Yeah. So I have to have that streak, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. whether it's a meditation or a yoga class, or I get on the bike or I'm out in the outdoors listening to one of their, their walks, you know, I have, I can't, if I miss a day, it throws me off completely. Mm. Um, and I know, for example, if I get up later, if I know that the impact it has on my yeah. day. So mm-hmm. I, I have to, I'm becoming more conscious of that. Yeah. But then, you know, life happens. I had was sick last week. I haven't got back into my routine yet. Yeah. I know from next week I will. Yeah. Um, but it's so. also about not beating yourself up. Exactly. Right? It's about not giving yourself a hard time because, you know, life will be life. Yeah. Um, but it's also about making sure, though, that eventually when you're ready, that you get back on track. And because it's it's so important. So out of everything that you've shared and everything um, that you've talked about so far, when we reflect back then on where you are now to mm. where you were, um, what have been the biggest learnings for you? The biggest learnings have been the trust it's the trust for me yeah trusting that i know what i'm doing mm-hmm. trusting that i am where i am right now and rebuilding myself mm. after a huge shift in my life you know going from working for an organization to working for myself yeah um i think that's been a huge shift and giving myself some grace mm. as well um, I sometimes put too much pressure on myself 
and I need to manage my own expectations, I think, a lot of the time. Um, and be realistic. But I think that's okay, right? Because you're a work in progress. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the journey that I'm excited. You know, I'm very, I, I, I like who I am. And that's only been, you know, recently, okay. you know, I think especially spending time together over yeah. this summer. Um, I like who I am. That's a lovely thing to say. Yeah. And I, but that's taken, that has taken to be around people that are, that again, that safe space that enable me and, and actually make me feel like I can be mm. who I am. Yeah. And when I trust people and they trust me to do that, it just naturally comes. Mm. Um, there's still parts of myself that I'm like, oh God, you did that again. Why did you do that? Why did you, you know, make that decision? Why have you said that? But on the most part, you're I like, like who yourself. I am right yeah, now. You're like yeah. who you are right now. It's yeah. amazing. Thank you for sharing your story with us. It's been really lovely to hear it. And I know our listeners are going to be really thrilled with with listening to your your journey and where you are so far. And so just in terms of your, do you have any like, I don't know, just last question really, you know, like we said this morning, you had a little bit of a, a situation uh -huh. that maybe you didn't immediately like, like react or yeah. respond in the way that you wanted to. Do you have any like set phrase or motto or mantra or anything like that that you use for yourself to help you keep on track as you as you're going to move forward now, as you're going to continue to learn and grow? Oh, my little my little imposter. Um, and this is no offense to anyone called Dave, but I've called him Dave. <laughs> So that little voice inside yeah. is called Dave. I'm like, Dave, no, not now. <laughs> I love it. Um, I don't know why he's called Dave. But it, I'm kind of yeah. just trying to actually connect it with with something and yeah. actually bring it to life a bit more. Um, and I, I, many years ago, I had cognitive behavioural therapy. And one of the other things I learned was not now. Mm. I'm not going to think about you now. I'm going to think about you later. That's really helpful. And when that... When I have a thought like that, that's the, one of the main things that stuck with me over the last sort of 15 years since I had it was, I'm not going to think about you now. And just, it just vanishes. Yeah. Because it's interesting because the power of the mind makes you want to think about it now. Yeah. But the fact that you've personalised it, mm. a little name, mm. um, you can say, I'm not going to think about it now, mm. Dave, or mm. actually not mm. now, Dave, as you've said. Mm. And I think it brings a bit of a lightness to yeah. it as well. Yeah. But also it goes back to your choosing in the moment how you want to be. Yeah. Absolutely. It's it's how pretty, I... Pretty good. Yeah. It, it's just kind it's of good. catching it. Yeah. Like we say, we don't always catch it, yeah. but when you do, it's it's good to catch yeah. it, right? Yeah. So then it has an impact on the rest of the day, I think. Mm. And actually, when I'm on a train station about to get on a packed tube or something, mm. I'm like, I don't have time for you. Yeah. All right. So any other tips or, or any techniques that you think would be useful for our listeners if they're kind of on their journey of self-discovery, being true to themselves? I think it's around the language and actually give, helping in giving yourself a language to articulate how you're feeling yeah. and being able to recognize where that shows up. Yeah. Um, but being graceful with it and yeah. actually being kind to yourself. Yeah, I, I think that's a big learning for me is, and I think just listening to you, it feels like it's really mm. important. That ha and, and actually having be, be, having that grace, I think it's quite a nice word actually. Mm. And mm. I mean that with not because people say well, nice, nice, but I think it's a really lovely word because I think it, it's it's soft yeah. and it's gentle. Yeah. Uh, and and I really like the, the, the sound of that actually. Yeah. It's hard though, you know, yeah, absolutely. giving yourself kindness yeah. is I think one of the hardest skills. Mm. Um, cause I think we're so con again, conditioned to, 
to always to find focus the on the negative. Yeah. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So I can't wait to see where you go next. But in the meantime, where can people get hold of you if they want to learn more about what you do and who you are? Sure. So my main platforms are LinkedIn mm -hmm. um, for my consulting work. So Vendify for Key on LinkedIn. Yeah. My consulting business is called DPK Consulting and Coaching. Mm -hmm. um, it's dpk.consulting on Instagram. Mm -hmm. um, and in the new year, I'm hoping I can get um, my coaching brand out there, which awesome. is at Belonging Coach. At Belonging Coach yeah. on Instagram, right? Well, we'll be looking out for all of that. So best of luck with everything as you Thank move you. forward. It's very exciting times for you. And continue on your journey of self-discovery. Thank you for being a part of it as well. You're it's welcome. No, it's been lovely. Feel really... Relationship we've, <laughs> we've had. So. It's Thank been you. amazing. Thank you. And thanks for the conversation. Well, what a conversation that was with Ben. Absolutely delightful. And I... What really struck me the most is his vulnerability, his sharing of his story that so many people go through and the learning that he has taken from removing the mask and really starting to learn who he truly is and then living his life on those terms, having agency over his own life. It's remarkable that when you put your mind to something how much you can grow, you can transform. And as Ben said so many times that he's not perfect, he's still learning, he's still growing. And there are moments when it is really, really, really hard to use his own voice. But without using his own voice, he knows that his wellness and his, his self-care would not be where it is today. I hope you've enjoyed this conversation. I found it truly inspirational and really transformational. And I can't wait to see how Ben gets on in his future.